I'm the girl who talks a lot. I'm the girl who always has her head in the clouds. I'm the girl that tries to find the humor in every situation. I'm the girl who's too much. Hi, I'm Sam Richardson, and this is my podcast, Living Richardson. Hey, hey, glory holes. Please bear with my sinusy voice. I am constantly battling the Ohio weather. Today's topic is one that I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. I've been getting a lot of requests on the subject, and it's been a year since I was personally diagnosed, so I figured this is the perfect time. For today's episode, I'm going to explain the menstrual cycle, PMDD, and my personal experience with it. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder, or PMDD, is a very complex condition that presents itself uniquely in women. This sensitivity is akin to an allergic reaction that causes mental, emotional, and physical symptoms. In the spirit of being completely transparent, I'm experiencing some of these symptoms as I write this episode. As I woke this morning, I could feel the shift in my mood. My anxiety was high for really no reason. Honestly, I felt like crawling back into bed and burying my head into the covers. I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Isn't that what we do anyway? Last night, I was actually invited to go out with my friends. And thanks to PMDD, I almost canceled. I cancel my plans a lot. Not gonna lie. And it makes me feel so guilty and sorry for the people I cancel plans on. But some days, it is physically impossible for me to get myself ready and out the house. A little before I was supposed to get dressed and leave my house last night... I felt myself starting to spiral, so I sat on my bed and let the tears flow. I called Kyle into the room, immediately seeing me. He knew what was happening. He sat with me, hugged me, and said, you're okay, honey. I looked at him and said, I just hate this. I don't understand why this happens. I don't even want to go with my friends tonight. I just want to lay in bed. He looked at me and he said, if that's really what you want to do, that's okay. But you can get up and get dressed and go have fun. And I did. I did not expect to be experiencing PMDD symptoms while recording this episode, but that's life, isn't it? While PMDD is directly connected to your menstrual cycle, it's not a hormonal imbalance. PMDD is a severe negative reaction in the brain to the rise and subsequent fall of estrogen and progesterone in the menstrual cycle. The menstrual cycle prepares your body for pregnancy. If you're not pregnant, your hormones send a signal to your uterus to shed its lining. This becomes your period. Once you start your period, the cycle starts again. A menstrual cycle is measured from the first day of your period to the first day of your next period. The average length of a menstrual cycle is 28 to 29 days, but every woman's cycle is different. For example, teenagers may have cycles that last 45 days, whereas women in their 20s to 30s might have cycles that last 21 to 38 days. Personally, my cycle is around 36 days. Your first period is called your menarche. The average age for a first period is 12 to 13, but it can start as early as 9 and as late as 16. I started mine when I was 12. My daughter who is completely fine with me sharing this information because we are not ashamed by something completely natural taking place in our bodies and we believe in educating others, 
started going through puberty at the age of eight, but didn't have her first period until she was 11. Back when she was eight and I began to notice the puberty symptoms, I asked my OBGYN what to expect. So parents, if your daughter is about to embark on this change, this is what you can anticipate. First, her breasts will begin to bud. Then she will sprout body hair and hit a growth spurt. Lastly, she will start menstruating. Your last period is called menopause. The average age for women to reach menopause is 51 to 52. However, some women might reach menopause as late as 60. The menstrual cycle has four main phases, menstruation, the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase. During the menstruation phase, the uterus lining sheds and flows out of the vagina. A period contains blood, mucus, and some cells from the lining of the uterus. The average length of a period is three to seven days. Mine lasts five to six days. The follicular phase starts on the first day of a period and lasts for 13 to 14 days, ending in ovulation. The pituitary gland in the brain releases a hormone to stimulate the production of follicles on the surface of an ovary. Usually, only one follicle will mature into an egg. This can happen from day 10 of the cycle. During this phase, the uterus lining also thickens in preparation for pregnancy. Ovulation is when a mature egg is released from an ovary and moves along a fallopian tube towards the uterus. This usually happens once each month, about two weeks before the next period. Ovulation can last from 16 to 32 hours. After ovulation, cells in the ovary release progesterone and a small amount of estrogen. This causes the lining of uterus to thicken in preparation for pregnancy. If a fertilized egg implants the lining of the uterus, the cells in the ovaries will continue to produce progesterone, which maintains the thickening lining of the uterus. If pregnancy does not occur, the cells die, progesterone levels drop, the uterus lining sheds, and menstruation begins again. PMDD is said to typically present itself in the week leading up to a period and resolves once menstruation has started. However, no two humans are the same. So PMDD can occur at any time. What's important is to track your symptoms so you can learn your personal cycle. For me, symptoms appear after ovulation about two weeks before I menstruate and don't conclude until the end of my period. So I have about two good weeks and then two and a half to three weeks of crazy. Jokes aside, we are not crazy. As with any illness, once we recognize PMDD for what it is, we can learn how to manage it. The difference between PMS, or premenstrual syndrome, and PMDD, again, this stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder, is severity, frequency, and duration. PMS is diagnosed when a woman has one to four symptoms that are a combination of physical, behavioral, or psychological, or five or more of behavioral or physical symptoms that start five to seven days before menstruation. PMDD is diagnosed when a woman has five or more symptoms present the week before her period and resolves once her period starts. But like I said before, this isn't always the case. Symptoms aren't occasionally bothersome in PMDD. They can actually interfere with school, work, and relationships for most or every cycle. Bear with me, I'm going to read off the symptoms of PMS. Headaches, bloating, cramping, insomnia, acne, breast tenderness, sugar cravings, irritability, mood swings, anxiety, depression, and sleep disturbance. Now, the symptoms of PMDD are all of those I just recited. Plus, 
Bouts of rage, joint pain, muscle pain, hot flashes, extreme fatigue, appetite changes, difficulty concentrating, feelings of hopelessness, suicidal thoughts, bouts of extreme sadness, and decreased interest in usual activities. Gosh, I feel like a medication infomercial. <laughs> Guess which of the aforementioned symptoms I have. Yep, every single one. Dr. Jolene Brighton is an internationally acclaimed hormone expert, nutrition scientist, and thought leader in women's medicine. She explains that the brain is full of receptors for sex hormones. This means your natural sex hormones, synthetic ones found in birth control, and perhaps even environmental compounds that mimic estrogens, have the ability to influence brain function and mood. While there is some genetics involved in the development of PMDD, genes aren't the end of the story. Your environment and the practices you choose can influence your genetic expression and the presence or absence of disease. We have also come to understand that women who have a past history of trauma or sexual abuse or under a great deal of stress are at increased risk. In addition, being overweight also raises the risk. This may be because fat cells act as an endocrine organ and can produce estrogen. In addition, increased fatty cells can be associated with increased inflammation, which would also influence symptoms. However, don't let your doctor dismiss you with just eat right, exercise, lose weight, you'll be fine. It's not that simple, and you're not to blame for these symptoms. While it's sad to think that in this day and age, most of society is still operating under the delusion that PMS and PMDD are things women can just voluntarily control, it's a huge step forward to have science admit that there's a biological component to the symptoms we can suffer through on a monthly basis. Although there is no test to determine PMDD, it is diagnosed off your symptoms history. Additional lab testing should be done in order to rule out other conditions. My doctor checked my thyroid levels as well as my vitamin D, and I'm sure some other things as well. My thyroid levels came back within normal range. However, my vitamin D levels were significantly low. This is not a new issue for me. I often have low levels of vitamin D and have been put on vitamin D treatments. Now I try to take a daily supplement. And I'm not kidding you. Increasing your dose of vitamin D helps significantly for general anxiety as well. I find myself having more energy and a positive outlook as opposed to when my levels are low. Even though I was only diagnosed with PMDD a year ago, I have always experienced issues with my menstrual cycle. It's hard to say if PMDD has always been the root of the issue, but it has definitely gotten worse as I've aged. At this point, I had planned on going into my history with the diagnosis of PMDD. However, I just realized this would also be a fun time to tell you how I got my first period. <laughs> Let's throw a little humor into this episode, okay? I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. Actually, I can because I tell you everything. Hope you're listening, Mom. When I was 12 years old in seventh grade, I started getting the mood swings and the cramps. I got a lot of lower back cramps as opposed to uterine cramps, so I didn't realize it was my period either. Be warned about that. You will also cramp in your lower back, sometimes way worse than in your uterus. Anyway, when I was younger, I sometimes did not wipe thoroughly and would leave some streaks in my underwear. <laughs> This definitely annoyed my mom that I was 12 years old and could not properly wipe my ass. So on the morning that I actually started my period, I looked down into my underwear and there were some brown spots. I was expecting if a period came, it would be blood red, right? But that's not always the case. Old blood is brown 
and sometimes it takes a little while to come out of your uterus. Anyway, just don't be surprised if your first period is brown like I was. I did not realize it was blood. I assumed it was poop stains. (laughs) For whatever reason, that morning I got dressed in my mom's room and I didn't want her to see what I thought were poop stained underwear. So I hid them. And I don't remember if I just like hid them in the corner under stuff or if I actually like hid them in the hamper. I don't freaking know. So I hide the underwear. I go to school. I was just crabby and moody all day. At the end of the day, before heading to the bus, my friend and I stopped to use the bathroom. When I looked in my underwear, there were the brown stains again. I said out loud to my friend, Oh my gosh, I don't understand what's happening. I haven't pooped anymore, and I've been wiping my butt, and nothing's coming up. I don't know what's going on in my underwear. My friend looked over into the stall. She had already started her period, and says, Sam... You started your period. I was so shocked. I ended up missing the bus, go down to the office, call my mom. I'm like, mom, I missed the bus. I need you to come get me. And she's like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm coming. And I said, but mom, the reason I missed my bus was because I started my period. And she goes, I know, Samantha. I was so freaking shocked. This was truly one of those moments where they're like, moms know everything. I thought, how could she freaking possibly know I just started my period? So I ask her, how did you know? She says, I found your underwear in my bedroom this morning. I said, oh, so it's not poop stains? No, Samantha, it's not poop stains. And that is how I became a woman. I cannot believe you guys almost missed out on hearing that story. You're welcome. As a teen, my periods were so agonizing that I would pass out. I now realize that passing out was a thing I did somewhat frequently in my youth when my anxiety would literally shut my body down. I'm not sure if this is still done today, but 20 years ago, oh my gosh, I've had my period for 20 years, the solution to regulating menstruation was by prescribing birth control. My doctor first put me on the birth control pill when I was 15, but that made me extremely sick, so then we tried the birth control patch, which not only made me sick, but it made me hella cray-cray. In 2017, I was diagnosed with my bowl of alphabet soup, ADHD, OCD, and PTSD. We already knew I suffer from an anxiety disorder. I was put on the antidepressant Zoloft. Something important to remember about medication is that it is not one size fits all. Personally, my medication has changed several times over the past few years. Fortunately, I have found something that works for me, Effexor, which is also known as venilofaxin. Over the course of switching medications, I have learned that there are actually two classes of anxiety depression medications. There are SSRIs, which are Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors, and SNRIs, Serotonin and Norepinephrine Reuptake Inhibitor. I'm going to quickly touch on them because realizing the difference could be the key for you. Serotonin and norepinephrine are substances that the brain uses to send messages from one nerve cell to another, also called neurotransmitters. SSRIs and SNRIs work similarly that is by preventing the reabsorption of certain neurotransmitters back into the brain. SSRIs prevent the reabsorption of serotonin, whereas SNRIs prevent the reabsorption of both serotonin and norepinephrine. An SNRI, like Effexor, is what my brain needs. I stopped taking medication for my anxiety when I became pregnant with Blair in 2018. I had a tubal ligation immediately following her birth, and once my periods came back, They were worse than even before. 
I will never forget the first incident where both Kyle and I realized something wasn't normal. Honestly, I don't recall what I was so upset about. All I remember is that I needed to communicate and resolve an issue with Kyle, and he was bottled up. After begging for him to talk with me, but still not feeling heard or understood, I took my wedding ring off, which is something I never do, not even to bathe, told him he could have it back, and jumped in my car with nothing on but a robe. I'm not even kidding. No underwear, clothes, or shoes. Just a robe, and I drove away from my house. When presented with one of my triggers, which breakthrough, not being heard or understood, is probably the biggest trigger of mine, my flight trauma response kicks in. I drove myself to a nearby parking lot so I could calm down. I had to get out of what I felt was a chaotic environment before I could soothe myself. While I sat there, I called my primary care doctor and made an appointment. Once I returned home a few minutes later, Kyle informed me that he had also called the doctor to schedule an appointment on my behalf, and they told him I had already done so. Finding out that he called the doctor also helped me feel secure with him. He loves me enough to help me. I should mention that he also called and texted me several times in the few moments I was gone, but of course I ignored him. I saw my doctor the next day and was put back on medication. Another incident very similar to this actually happened recently, but I'm unable to talk about it at this point in time. Life was manageable. Dare I say, great, even. I started taking my diagnoses seriously, and I worked really hard in therapy. That I was able to stop taking medication. I finally lived outside of survival mode. Then, shit hit the fan in the early months of 2022, and I began to spiral. I realized my emotions were way stronger leading up to and during my menstruation, so I explained what I was experiencing to my OBGYN. That was when I was officially diagnosed with PMDD. I had never heard of it prior to then, and I come from a long ancestral line of medical personnel. Once my doctor explained PMDD, it all clicked. Seriously, being diagnosed with all my mental illnesses have been the best thing that's happened. I now have the tools I need to flourish and live a truly happy life. That is, if certain life stressors would just stop. Medication is only one way to help manage PMDD. And whether you take medicine or not, you should still learn some coping strategies. First and foremost, I'm a huge believer in therapy. I think everyone should go whether they have issues or not. And don't let the wrong therapist scare you off. You're not meant to click with everyone. Find someone that you truly trust and feel comfortable with. Seek out support. I could not make it through some of my bad days without my support people. If you don't have anyone in your life that you feel supported by, find an online group. Listen, I know social media gets a terrible rap, but there is also so much good that can come from it. I mean, I met my husband online, just saying. You can pretty much find a support group online for anything. And as always, my Facebook group is a safe space for everyone. Learning to recognize my triggers has been eye-opening as well. When I'm able to identify why I'm feeling the way I am, I'm able to call my anxiety and PMDD out for what it is. When I feel the overwhelming weight pile up, I stop to ponder if something triggered me or if it's simply a chemical reaction in my brain. Either way, pinpointing the root allows me to address and manage my feelings and emotions. Don't be afraid to look at yourself in the mirror and set yourself straight. It's okay. You're okay. You are loved. Grant yourself grace. 
Kyle has learned to love me through it, so to speak, regarding my anxiety and PMDD. That's not to say that he allows me to be a crazy person. For real, you guys, I'm not crazy. We can joke, and we know I do. But I am honestly the most mentally stable I have ever been. And I feel fucking great. Again, when worldly stressors present themselves, of course I'm going to have a strong reaction. Any human being would. When I'm having an episode or a break, Kyle knows to just be there and reassure me that I'm okay. I get really bad anxiety attacks going to the store alone. I don't know if it's mom guilt or what, but a lot of times I end up calling Kyle. I'm good, right? We're good, right? All he says is, yes, I love you. And I feel better. Obviously, it's not the cure, but it's really comforting that my husband loves me for all of me and never gets annoyed when I seek reassurance. Look, loving someone like me isn't for everyone. I've established this a long time ago, but haters keep watching my content and then getting mad at me for it. But just because I have a brain chemical imbalance doesn't mean I'm invalid. Or a terrible mother, for that matter. Keep spewing your venom. I know who I am, and I've never shied from it. Can you say the same? Better yet, my husband knows who he married. He accepts and embraces every bit of what I bring to our relationship because he knows me. It is time to end the stigma. Fortunately, premenstrual dysphoric disorder is becoming more recognized, and I hope the awareness continues to grow. If you suspect you may have PMDD, keep a mood journal to track your emotional roller coaster and talk to your doctor. Communication is key. You can't get help when you don't ask for it. And it's okay to ask. Please, I urge you. Too many women and mothers have been taken from their families due to this horrendous disorder. You are not alone. I'm riding shotgun. This episode didn't contain much humor other than my shit stain story. And that's okay. Important topics are necessary. If you found this episode to be insightful, please share it with someone else who may as well. For more Queen of the Glory Holes content, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, or OnlyFans at Living Richardson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.